And we are back with another episode of the Hockey Princess podcast. I am your host, the Hockey Princess. We've got crusty old guy here. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, however you watch or listen to us ramble on a weekly basis. Also, just another reminder, make sure to wait for the whistle. Please do not get up while the puck is in play. The bathroom will still be there. Your friends will still be there. The beer will still be there. And the bad food will still be there. Let's just wait for a stoppage in gameplay. All right. We've got a lot to get to this week. Got a lot of stuff. We're going to start with some NHL stuff. Um, William Nylander, the one of the top guys, part of the core four of the Toronto Maple Leafs, re-signed in Toronto for an eight year contract for $92 million. It's about $11.5 million a year. Um, as a big contract. as a big contract. I think William Nylander is a hell of a hockey player, but that's still just a big contract for anybody to have, um, especially for that long of a contract because um, you don't know. Injuries happen. People do, you know, not well one year people do great one year and then not well the next that's just a really big contract but good on nylander for securing that get the money well they need to do do something or try to trade them and then see what happens with that and you know they're still trying to make their their push they're figuring they've got enough defensively in a goaltender and it hasn't proven to be the case yet but they have nothing defensively you know, I think they've got... Who's their newest goaltender? The Wall um, Kid? Uh, Martin or somebody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Jones now has been reincarnated, and he's going to take them, just like Matt Murray, Samsonov, Jack Campbell. The list goes on and on. Um, Yeah, uh, probably not doing the things the right way, but... um. I mean, they're doing it. They're doing it the right way. On, I mean, Nylander is doing it the right way. Get the money. Get the bag. Well, he was getting the money either way. He was. uh, If he goes to the open market, he probably gets thirteen from somebody. I'd be in the conversation about that because once you're on the open market, yeah, it's free. No team has to give up any assets to get you. So, yeah, no. So that was a big thing this week um another thing from the los angeles kings copley is out for the rest of the season with an acl surgery hope he hope the recovery goes well that's a nasty injury long road to recovery hope he does well so they might be needing a peter morazic they might what you're telling me yeah yeah uh, i don't know i'm figuring very well for them I'm figuring so Mrazek goes to Edmonton. That's a lot to put on him. Hmm? No, I'm figuring Mrazek goes to Edmonton. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, we saw Mrazek standing on his head, doing the best to stand on his head that Edmonton game, and then we saw Stuart Skinner not being able to hold on to anything. Yeah, he gave up a lot of rebounds that against a normally good hockey team he would have paid the price for, but... Yep. Um, so that's a big one. Another big thing that ca- happened, I think this was last night, um, between the Anaheim Ducks and the Philadelphia Flyers. Anaheim Ducks trade Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick toward the Philadelphia Flyers. Philly trades 
the rights, the prospective rights to Cutter Gauthier, who was their number, the number fifth pick in the 2022 draft. Um, there's been a lot of drama, a lot of speculation the past couple of days involving that. Um, there were a lot of rumors saying that, you know, Gauthier did not want to play for the Flyers, were, was not taking meetings with them up until, like, as recently as the World Juniors. Um, so the Flyers seized the opportunity. You know, Gauthier did amazing for Team USA this year for the World Juniors and kind of capitalized on that peak performance that was going to increase his value in terms of the trade market. Um, there's just been a lot of drama in terms of, like, why he left. Um, a lot of people thought that, you know, he was in contact with former flyer Kevin Hayes, who there was a lot of drama with Hayes and Tortorella. Um, Gauthier has since come out saying that is not true. Kevin had nothing to do with the trade. It's a personal matter between him, his family, and his agent, and that's how he intends to keep it. There were rumors speculating that, you know, uh, due to coaching styles and a new GM that was kind of what scared Gautier, slight dig at John Tortorella and interim general manager Danny Breer of the Philadelphia Flyers. There's just a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. Um, I think, honestly, both teams do well in this trade. Um, Anaheim's a bit stacked defensively. I mean, you never can be too stacked defensively, but they do have a lot of defensive prospects either on their active roster right now or in the pipeline coming up, um, whereas Philly does not. And, you know, why not get another power forward while you're at it? Um, so it works out for both. It's a good hockey trade. It's uh, It was definitely a learning curve for Danny Briere, who um, would have made a very wise decision had he just kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Um, opening his mouth and saying that the kid didn't want to come play here and then explaining the other things that went around that. You need to understand at this level... Nothing good ever comes of that. Um, You open yourself to speculation, then it's an unbelievable amount of speculation. I understand that you might want to have, you know, respect for your fan base and to keep them informed or whatever you're thinking this is, or so you can cover your bases and say, it wasn't my fault, I really didn't want whatever. You're better off just being quiet in this. Well, and he kept saying that we, they were trying to be quiet to protect the kid, and then the city of Philadelphia went on a slander rampage bashing the kid. Right, but that was after they right. gave up the fact that he wasn't going to play. They didn't mean to say that either. No, they didn't they mean to say anything. A trade. It's a legitimate hockey trade. Drysdale, I believe, was a sixth round, a sixth pick in the... I want to say the 20 draft or the 19 draft. Uh, Listen to part of the Flyers game today. Their Flyers radio personnel were saying this is the missing link. Their power play quarterback, all is right with the world. Um, It's a good hockey move for both teams. And again, for Danny, 
it's it's a it was a learning opportunity. There's yeah. a reason why everybody keeps everything close to the vest. Yeah. Because anything you get out there is subject to interpretation and anything else. So yeah. again, I like the Drysdale kid. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna be great. But he's going to be a good hockey player. I think he's going to definitely fill a missing piece that was missing in on the Philadelphia Flyers roster. And I think at the end of the day, that's what matters to Philly. You didn't have that piece before the trade. Now you do. Yes. And uh, again, for Anaheim, that's, that's, that's a very good play, hockey player. Um. A little bit cocky, but uh, most good players are cocky. Um, the other thing that I found out out of all of this, I believe we get Philly and St. Louis on Sunday. So I'm hoping there's a way for me to watch some of that game. Nice. Because uh, that should just be entertaining with all of the drama in yeah. the torts world and everything else. So, Yeah. So big, interesting. It was definitely a if you, if you like the the drama fluff side of the NHL world and the personalities that are tied with it. This was a big week for them. Um, so yeah, moving on to the rest of the NHL. I think that was really the main thing out of the NHL. NHL. Well, I guess this technically counts as NHL now that he is not a part of the Chicago Blackhawks, but. Corey Perry is now eligible to go back into free agency, had a meeting with Gary Bettman. He was not, to my understanding, he was not barred from the NHL, so he technically did not need a meeting, like how Stan Bowman and Quenville needed a meeting with any with NHL higher-up people to come to try to come back into the NHL. He was not barred. His contract was just terminated. But it was Perry's request to have a meeting with Batman before he then, you know, was answer- began to start answering phone calls in the free agency world. I could be completely wrong. Oh, no, uh, that, that's about it. He had his contract terminated. For whatever reason, um, conduct unbecoming, um, basically... Um, this is a prime example of your NHL. There's a lot of weird pieces. There's a lot of, oh, these things are wrong. They're not wrong. Don't worry about it. We're a windsock. Whatever you want to do. Um, Corey Perry, obviously, right now, is not fighting the termination. So his game plan is to, I'm sure he would like to play again. I'm very curious to see the path that he goes down to not answer any questions. All I know is, um, you know, he's got to have one hell of a program because he comes out and, and talks about his struggles with alcoholism, and now he's cured. Oh, that was pretty quick. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I don't I, – I, I can't have an opinion – but it seems like a very quick journey. Oh, it was an incredibly quick okay. journey. And that's just, again, that's you're throwing that out, out as an excuse. Um, again, what, whatever. It's, you know, Corey wants to, I would assume, somehow come back and play this year. So his legacy isn't completely tainted. This is all... 
as I've said a million times, this is all about Corey Perry. Nobody else. Yeah. If you're a team silly enough to sign him, go ahead. Anaheim. Okay. Yeah, maybe you can go back to Anaheim. Um, again, um, it, it's one of the things the NHL does not handle well. Um, I would assume there'll be certain ways for him to slide around answering any questions. But the press will be pretty ruthless. I mean, I know he did release a a statement. I don't think I read it a ton. But I know... Did you like it? I know he released a statement, so I know he isn't going to be... I mean, he can't be completely avoided from the press. But he didn't hide when he left. Yes, he would like to sincerely apologize to the entire Blackhawks organization. Including ownership, management, coaches, trainers, employees, and my teammates. He would also like to apologize to us, the fans, and family. I have embarrassed you and let you down. That is true. So basically, in his apology, he's saying you did something wrong. Um, and it, I, I believe it's borderline whether it was worthy to be his contract terminated. Or not. The National Hockey's Player Association, the union for them, I'm sure does not want a president set that you get to con- terminate a contract for what Corey did. Corey also wants to play again. So nobody's really saying what he did. So everybody wants to try to wash the hands in, in as I said, in classic NHL fashion, they just want it to go away. Yeah. On to the next news cycle. Some kid or some older player will say something stupid. Somebody will hit somebody some bad way and we'll move on to something else. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I could care less. As long as he doesn't play here, I'm good. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna. Um, let's see. That's kind of it that I have for the NHL scope. Do you have anything? All right, so prospect-wise, we had the medal rounds for World Juniors at the uh, right after we finished our last episode. USA wins gold. Whoop whoop. Um, I know he's the drama that came with that. I know he's not going to be a Blackhawk, but God, Ryan Leonard is just so fun to watch. He's a little bit of an ass. I was telling um, my friend who is a Caps fan. Yeah, I I wonder if they're thinking that he he kind of is giving me Oshi vibes a little bit. Like the intense skill, but the ability to like agitate and put on a show. He's got the flair. Yes. Yes, he does. And uh, he's a heck of a hockey player, too. Yeah. So, so that- um... Yeah, the medal rounds were good. I don't know if you wanted to talk on that. You no, want me to? I get, you can take care of the medal rounds. I can? Yeah. Oh. Well, let's see. For the semis, we had... We played who? We played Finland? We played Finland. Uh, the Finns uh, went up to zip on us. Um, which... 
you know, is not the team you want to go down to nothing to. They're very structured and everything. And then uh, U.S. was just so talented. Um, you know, they kind of just, they rolled. Um, like they did through the whole tourney. And then the Swedes played, who did the Swedes play? They played the Slovaks or the Czechs? They played the Czechs. No. Yes, they played the Czechs. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And the Swedes uh, were able to get that through that pretty pretty nicely. And then so we had the huge matchup of the Swedes against the U.S. of A. Um, everybody in that big rink booing your USA players, probably giving them the business big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it was McGrory. It was either McGrory or Leonard. I'm figuring it's McGrory. Um, he talked a little bit to somebody about the um, not death threats, but kind of borderline that the Team USA was getting from the Swedish fans um, that weekend. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. So uh, we'll get to the drama in a second. But um, basically, it was a pretty close game. Um, some back and forth stuff. And then the U.S. in the third period just really uh, showed that they were the much better team. And they really uh, they kicked it into high gear and then they wouldn't let off the gas. Um, they were a team on a, on a mission. They were definitely the most talented team there. Um, the Swedes tried to play a safe game and try to keep things close, and they did for a little bit. I believe they they came to like 3-2 at the end of the two. Yeah. They scored like with about five seconds to go, or that might have tied it up, one of the two. Um, and that didn't even seem to bother Team USA. Um, they just they rolled through the third period. A lot of drama at the end of the game. I was in Madison, Wisconsin, but I went to a place where I could watch it. And uh, Team USA kind of gave it to the fans. They gave it to everybody for like the last three minutes. Um, things turned a little ugly. People complained about showboating. They're 18. Again, they're, they're 18-year-olds that have been in a hostile environment for two weeks. They've been getting crap from Canadian fans and Swedish fans. I'm sure it's just all boiled over. They're kids. Yeah. It happens. Um, I don't think you are going to define any of those players by their celebration or their taunting at the end of that game. Um, people I hear going, oh, I wouldn't touch that guy. You know, that's his legacy. That's not his legacy. He's an 18-year-old kid. Right. Nobody has a legacy at 18. Not even Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard's legacy has still not been written. Well, I... So, um... I think also... Know, I'm glad Team USA was able yeah. to pull it out. Um, Again, just because you're the best team doesn't always mean that you win. What does this mean? It means I have something. I think it's Bring funny. It. I think it's... You know, funny, too, that they get shit from Canadian fans when some of the most showboating I've seen at World Juniors has come from the Team Canada team. Yeah, um, especially like, between U.S. and Canada, they, they go nuts. Um, yeah. You know, I can tell your listeners, probably one of the 
the weirdest things that I saw during the World Juniors was about two years ago. Um, Canada beat the U.S. Or no, Canada lost the U.S. two years ago. In their infinite wisdom, the junior department decided it would be a good idea to have their captains passing out medals. And poor Bo Byron had just had his heart ripped out by Team USA, had to sit there and hand out medals to each one of the Canadian players as he is in tears doing this. Not a grown-up to be found to tell this kid, listen, we'll pass them out. Um, my respect level for Bo Byam will always be at an incredibly high level. The way he handled himself, yeah, he was also an 18-year-old. It, it blew me away that he stood there and did the stupidest thing that I've ever seen anybody have to do. And he did it with class as he's crying. So, you know, you know it, it, they're young kids. There's, there's a storyline there. Emotions get high. I hope we can all move on. Yep. Well, we're um, gonna we're gonna move on to more of our prospects. Okay. Good segue. I like what you did there. We're trying. We're, we're trying. Professional. Um. Some prospect notes from this past week: Gavin Hayes, current gold medalist for the World Juniors. Um, was traded from the Flint Firebirds to the Sioux Greyhounds, still in the OHL world. Um, now he gets to play with his brother. Um, it's, it's an okay trade. Um, but now he will not be, he'll be back in Ontario. He no longer plays in Michigan. Um, another one that we really haven't talked about a ton, my bad. Um, because I really just want to talk about Paul Ludwinski every week, um, is Aiden Thompson, who was a third-round pick back in 2022, had a really nice game against Niagara. Um, for those who don't know, he's about a 5'11 forward. Um, but my favorite thing that I saw is this kid stands in front of the net, which is what I need. I need. I don't need another fancy dude that's afraid to be in all of the people. I need someone who will stand there on his two skates and not just be knocked over by everybody. So I liked that. Um, Alex Frond with another great game, uh, goal and assist this past week, giving the insurance goal, um, having them win from se- uh, seven to five was the final score for that. Minnesota, nothing really, which is fine because they came back I think it was like the fifth and then the sixth Minnesota had to play. So more I know was on the third line. Renzel was on the top pairing for most of the game. Nothing really happened from either of them, which is okay because they literally just got back from winning the gold. So that's completely all good and fine for them. Um, Nick Lardis, great game against Sudbury. Waiting for crusty old guy to yell. Lardis? I love the Lardis. Yep. Um, first goal, really nice pass from Vanneker, and then second was just a one-timer. That kid's shot is just so fun to watch. Um, I know he is, you know, in a couple of years, a maybe a possibility. We don't know. He's 18. A lot of this we don't know. But I am just really intrigued to watch him 
progress or like progress. Um, yeah, he's a little on the smaller side and everything, but um, in this game, everybody needs goal scorers. Yeah, and uh, he's showing a knack to score goals. Yeah, which so that translates, um, especially in this NHL where you can play as a smaller player. You can learn how to do that. So. All good on his front. Yo, absolutely. You know, I did that lard ass, his front. <laughs> you so hear the whole rest of the show. Um, Landon Slager, great, uh, got a goal against the Saturday game against Wisconsin. I'm really hoping, I know, so for, I mean, we kind of explain this every week that we talk about Landon Slager at the end of this year, or at the end of this season for Notre Dame, if the Blackhawks do not sign him to an entry-level contract, he hits the open market, any NHL team, AHL team, ECHL team, anybody can claim him. Anybody can sign him to a contract. I'm really hoping that, you know, when Notre Dame season ends, the Blackhawks then signed him to something very much an Alex Vlasic sort of situation. That's what I'm hoping for. Because I know in the long term, there's not as many spots for him right now. But with the current injured reserve situation, we got room. And at, by March and April, we're very much going to be like, the heck with it. Who wants a shot? Um, Because even though there are people that are skating right now there's a lot of players that aren't going to be seeing the ice until you know the off season so even with some of the injured reserve coming back it not every guy is coming back taylor hall is not coming back so guess what there's a possible spot for landon slagger and i would just like to see it selfishly um <laughs> yeah i uh, i would like to see it too as i i can segue back to my Bo byron story that was the 2020 World Juniors. On that team was a landed slagger, who basically was your third line checking center. He was a shut down line guy and played very well. Now he's showing a little bit of a scoring touch. I like shut down people. I like people that are defensively sound. So I, I hope the same scenario works out. Get it? I have a question. Because I know most, I don't of, have any the, most of the entry-level contracts are like, you know, in Savoie's case or Korchinski's case where because of the age and that they're from North America, they have to go back to juniors if they're not on the Chicago Blackhawk roster. Rockford's not an option. Right. Can an entry-level contract be a two-way contract? Oh, sure. Okay. So, theoretically, the Blackhawks could sign Landon Slager to an entry-level contract three years. He starts a little bit in this Chicago transitional period, and he could end up in Rockford for a bit, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, all entry-level contracts are two-way contracts. Okay. Um, yeah, they're two-way contracts, meaning they get a different pay if they're down there or they're up here, but they can be sent down. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to see it. Cause I think even long-term, even if Kyle Davidson doesn't have an idea, a spot for Landon, there's plenty of spots right now in this transitional period where he could get a lot of performance time, be it Chicago or be it Rockford. There's spots. 
Yeah, at some point in time, between all the retreads you have on your NHL roster and all the retreads you have on your AHL roster, at some point in time, you've got to start to have more kids. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's definitely going to be a spot there for him. Um, you know, it'll be his decision whether he wants to sign, really. I can't imagine the Hawks don't want him. Right. But again, he might not want to come here and he'll have the option I mean, to not do that. So. Could it also have just been an option that he's like, maybe the kid actually just wants a college degree a little bit. You know, you're not playing hockey forever. Well, he's going to the University of Notre Dame. Right. So maybe... Pretty nice degree. Maybe this can, maybe that's what this is, is, hey, yes, but also, like, I want, co- like, college could be important to him. Yes. That's possible. I can look that up uh, and have that ready for you next week. And also the homework that I was supposed to do from the last show, yeah. I did. What'd you learn? So whenever you want me to bring that in. What'd you learn? I learned lots of things. Good. Learning is good. I learned, yes, Vancouver does not have a, a CFL team. So I don't believe there's any big stadium in Vancouver. Oh. Play an outdoor game. That's what you were looking up during the Edmonton game? I was so confused. I was like, why are you looking at Canadian football? I thought... I had homework to do. No. Was, I was doing it at the last minute. No, you said your buddy was in watching his kid play, and I thought that they were from Vancouver and playing here. I'm like, what is happening? That makes yeah, more sense. you had no idea really what was going on. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. the case. Um, and then my other homework was to find out about my girl, Abby Murphy. Um, and the reason she's not playing in the pro levels is she's still in college playing at the U. So Fair enough. That was kind of a really stupid one uh, by me, and my woman pointed that out to me and said, isn't she playing college hockey? And I said, oh, yeah. That's, that's it. So That's fair. That's Sorry fair. about that one, everybody. That was a bad swing and a mess. All right. I'm going to rapid fire through Rockford so we can talk about, because we have four Blackhawk games to talk about. Holy snakes. I know. All right. So we've got the January 5th, Ice Hogs lose to the Texas Stars, 4-1. to Auntie Sorella with the lone goal. I hate to say that this is predictable, but the Texas Stars are at the top of the division right now and very high up in the AHL ranking. They're definitely one of the best minor league teams this season. I find it incredibly annoying that the Texas Stars are just so consistently stacked every year. I don't like it. They're kind of annoying. Um, But they lose that game. Wasn't able to watch that one, to be honest. But Drew Camessa was in net. Um, so I'm really still unclear on the current goaltending situation because then the following night weeks was in net. Um, and that one I do have some notes on because that was an incredibly interesting game. Um, there was a lot of stupid mistakes on Rockford's part. Um, they were pretty much, I know definitely in the third period, they were pretty much in the penalty box for most of the third period. They had to kill off a five-minute major um, because there was a big, giant pileup 
Um, Baddock was the one who got a five-minute major as well as a game misconduct. But you see him also come out from the bottom of the pile and blood is completely smeared his face. We don't know what actually happened, um, but there was a lot of aggression um, in that game, which makes sense because another thing that's different between the NHL and the AHL, the AHL, you only play a certain amount of teams the entire regular season and then maybe you play other teams in the playoffs once you've gotten past the first, I think it's just the first round. But you really only play, I think it's like five or six other teams. So the rivalries get pretty heated because it's not like, you know, Western Conference teams in the NHL, you know, you'll play them, you know, a couple of times. You are playing the same teams over and over and over and over again. So it's very, very quickly it gets heated um, and things happen, which is mainly why it's so aggressive down in the AHL. Um, like I said, Weeks was in net. I was unfamiliar with this Jackson Cates kid. He was signed to an AHL contract this, or he was, he did a PTO and now he's officially signed to the Rockford Ice Hawks. This kid can stay. This kid can stay. Um, I do not foresee him being somebody that makes it up into the NHL but I think he is a he's a goal scorer for Rockford, which is always important. And I think he is a great leader for the new kids to watch in terms of like where they need to be next in terms of performance, especially on the Rockford scope, because um, he's doing everything right. Love to see it. Um, crusty old guy will be very happy with this. Ethan DiMastro, your AHL All-Star for the Rockford Icehawks, by the way, played on his non-dominant side that game. Um, he has been playing on his non-dominant side since Kaiser has been sent down to Rockford. Uh, it's been Kaiser and Roos playing together, and then Allen and EDM, and EDM is the one playing on the non-dominant side. So basically, after we had our discussion about this, all of a sudden he went to the non-dominant side. Just so everybody would know that I was right. But technically, I was right first. Um, but then I, I good recovery yeah. by the Blackhawks. And again, if they don't grab a right-handed defenseman, somebody's going to have some more. Some of that young core is going to have to come up and play on their non-dominant side. Yep. Um, no, some other couple of notes, very strong fourth line. Um, their fourth line has been excelling the past couple of games. That is your Nyhoff, your Baddock, and your Jalen Lupin. Um, Sorella's got wheels. That was just the note that I had from that game. Um, definitely like to see him, you know, do well, especially like I said, the last time I mentioned him, because usually... Players from overseas don't get mentioned a ton in terms of, like, recaps and players to look out for. Normally, it's the ones coming from college, coming from the CHL. Um, but Sorrell is doing great down there. Um, so we love to see him progress. EDM's definitely been getting a lot more physical. He's finishing a lot more of his checks. He's already a physical dude, but he's definitely playing to another level recently um and then the other one this was before all of the call-ups and the send downs and this was before that I watched the New Jersey game 
I said, Gus looks good. He can come up. Um, that was me hoping that either Mike Hardman or David Gust would come up during that game or not during that game, but with all of the recent injuries for the Blackhawks, that was not true. We just went out and grabbed some mediocre guys that can't skate the Kyle Davidson way. Um, anyway, big thing about this game is they did make some silly mistakes, but they, Definitely, they got gritty. They persevered. They did not let the foot off of the gas. Even if they were making the wrong like wrong mistakes and getting into the penalty box way more for than anybody else's liking, um, they didn't let the foot off the gas. They were going to play the full 60 minutes. Um, and it was definitely one of the biggest games I've seen that sort of mindset from Rockford this year. Um, usually it's been the, we'll play a little bit at the beginning, we'll sleep during the second, and then we'll come out during the third. This was the full 60. They were ready to go. Um, it was really fun to watch. It was really, really fun to watch. Um, that's all I have on Rock, or actually, so Brent Sini has been sent down to the Rockford Ice Hogs, so one can assume that either one of the new kids that can't skate is going to play more or somebody's coming back from injury. Yay. All right, let's get into some Blackhawk hockey. Um, I, di- I did make Black a list. What? Oh, sorry. Hmm? Nothing. I did make a list of reasons why I hate Jacob Truba um, during that Ranger game, and I provided notes on hits that he did that were not clean. Um, just because I have nothing else to do in my free time, apparently. Um, (laughs) so first game they played in this past week was against the Rangers. It wasn't going to be pretty, to be honest. I think we kind of knew going in, this was going to be a tough game to play against the Rangers and just a tough game to watch. Um, cause the Rangers are pretty hot this year, um, so far. So it was just going to be a tough game. And also anytime we're up against Jacob Truba, I get nervous that somebody's going to be carted off the ice on a stretcher, but you know, that's my own concerns. Um, do you have anything on the Ranger game? Uh, no, um, they played Okay. Again, it was another rough go for the Beacon of Hope and his line, who um, definitely seemed to give up more goals than they uh, put in, which, you know, is an underlying theme with the Beacon of Hope. Um, besides that, you know, they, they, they played him okay. Yeah. Morazic still didn't play bad in net, but, you know, they were just out class, so... Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Nothing embarrassing, even though the score was 4-1? to one. Yeah. And nothing great. Just kind of a game that was there. Yeah. So. Um, I do have my three stars for that game. Um, I also have Mackenzie Entwistle with a big heart around him. Just because I like the mentality that he brought. Um, he was, as I normally say about Reese Johnson, back was feeling it that night. Um, and like I always say, when I give the three stars, it's not about the actual goals or points. It's about the effort. Um, number one star, and this has basically continued this entire week. Number one star goes to Colin Blackwell. Um, he has come back from injury and just played with a full chip on his shoulder. 
full energy. He's got something to prove. Um, so we'll probably see him gone at the trade deadline. Oh, uh, that's a good possibility. Um, yeah, I could uh, touch on him for a second if you don't mind. Um, yeah. You'll hear a crusty old guy occasionally talk about pulling the team into the fight. Colin Blackwell is that type of player. And what I, what I mean by that is Colin Blackwell is also very mouthy. So he's very mouthy to the other team. When you have a player like that on your team, it riles up the other team. So if you don't get ready for it, you're going to have problems. So he's bringing you into the fight whether you want to or not because there's going to be a response from the other team. You need players like this. The old Blackhawks had plenty of players like that. One of the best was 88. He was a trash talker. He would sit there and get in people's head, and then, you know, he'd run away and let somebody else do his dirty work. Um, But you need players like this, and that's what I mean by pulling you into the fight. Basically, you go in there picking a fight. You're poking at somebody. Yeah. And if you don't poke, you just kind of go through the motions. So, and Blackwell has is, is definitely backed it up this year so far. Oh, absolutely. Good for him. Um, second star goes to McKenzie and Whistle, just because, like I said, I just liked his game. Um, I also think it's extra hard when you're on that, like, taxi squad-ish of, like, being healthy, being scratched and playing. It's twice as hard to, like, come back and not get in your head about is every little mistake going to get me scratched for the next game? And I'm a Mac fan, so I'm just rooting for the kid in general. Um, and third star goes to Korchinski, um, just because I, I see more glimpses that I like. He's not perfect. He is a flawed defenseman, to be fair. The kid's 19. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. But I see more glimpses recently, especially with him being just a little bit more physical. And that's what I like. You know, before it was definitely he seemed very much afraid to even the the chance of even being touched by the opposing team. Um, You know, now he's getting a little bit more physical. It's not great, but it's progress. And that's what matters. And that's all that I need to see right now is just glimpses that we're going in the right direction. Because he doesn't need to be great this year. He doesn't need to be great next year. He needs to be great in a couple of years when we have the roster that we want. Um, Right now, it's okay. And he's still growing. But, so yeah. Third star goes to core for that one. Um, Yeah, it's it's really just hard to play against the Rangers. Um... That's really all I have. That's just a thing of fair assessment for anyone that isn't the Rangers right now. Um, this next game we can kind of gloss over because it makes me sad. Um, Brendan Smith, I do not like you. I'm sorry, um, but you hit my boy. Um, we have another, you know, hockey princess is a witch because I was messaging a friend of mine during the game before this injury happens. You know, I get very heated during the game. I get a little emotional, especially when, you know, kids get hit, star players get injured. Um, and I'm also very much under the mentality of an eye for an eye. You take out our top guy, 
your top guy should have an eye in the back of his head because we're coming. Um, and so I said, you know, Jack Hughes, look out. And now Jack Hughes is week to week. Um, I know we didn't intentionally take him out. You know, it was an awkward fall in the third period later in the game or like an awkward situation later in the game. It wasn't a purposeful, like predatory takeout. But, you know, I called it Um, during the New Jersey game. Connor Bedard fractured his jaw. Um, As we learned today, he went under successful surgery. Um, He will be out six to eight weeks. So the Blackhawks will need a replacement for the All-Star game because Connor Bedard will not be there. Nick Foligno is also out because he broke a little finger um, fighting to defend his uh, honorary son this year, Connor Bedard. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, the game didn't get all that chippy until, um, there was the breaking of the jaw, a great immediate response by, uh, Kershev, who went after, uh, Smith right away, uh, Felino then got in there, and then Felino kept on egging him on and saying, listen, this is going to continue to get out of hand. Unless you at least drop your gloves. And um, the game did get out of hand. There was more purposeful hitting in that New Jersey game than there might have been all year. Um, they they definitely came together a little bit. And they decided they were going to play real big boy hockey. I love it. Um, it really sucks that um, you know your top player had to get hurt in order to, to play that way. But... Um, their response was really good. Um, they just weren't talented enough to hold the lead. And that's going to happen. Um, they just don't have the talent level. But again, talent level and compete are two different things. Yeah. They have enough people that they should be able to compete on a nightly basis and at least take their pound of flesh. And they took their pound of flesh in this game. As they should. As they should. Um. So, you know, you had a lot of people having to step up. You know, Lucas had to step up a little bit and then still had a rough game. Core kind of had a rough game. Um, but it was a great team response. Um, you know, they could have won. Again, they were just they were just a little bit outclassed. Um, I really enjoyed the team coming together, though. Um and it set the table for the next two games, which were definitely better efforts. I would say that they were outplayed, because I'm not going to say outclass from then a team whose social media spent the rest of the night bragging about how they beat us. Yeah, continue to brag about how you beat a skeleton crew of AHL players. Um, that was not classy in my mind. Um, so I'll say I'll play because oh, no, class again, means it, that you have it. Game then. It, it. The game took on a beautiful Saturday night feel. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. you had fights, you had everything. You had a ton of hitting, you had a close game. It was beautiful. You know, besides the outcome of the game, it was beautiful hockey to watch. Um, so, you know, um, hopefully the team can learn something from this. Hopefully Connor can learn something from this city. You got to be aware. You got to be aware of who's on the ice. 
and protect yourself first. There will be other shifts. And that'll be one of the biggest things he needs to start to learn how to do this year. Um, it took Patty Kane a little while to learn that one, too. Not every shift is make or break. It's I know, a long but, game. It's a long season. I know, but it's just nice to finally have a player who has that mentality again. Yes, but you, you learn to know, understand that you still, the utmost is you have to protect yourself. Right. Because if you're reckless, you're no good to us now for eight weeks. Yeah. And now I, I can't watch you, and that's very depressing. It is very depressing. And I will say, I know there was a lot of, you know, with any hit, there's debate whether it was clean, whether it was dirty. I mean, it was it was clean. However, even though it was clean, I'm they're still well within the right to go after you, Brendan Smith. Oh yes, you yes, take that, out that's hockey. It's a clean hit. He got say he was lining somebody up who all then became in a vulnerable position. It happens, but yes, when you attack a star player, anything like that. There's, there's a price you have to pay. Absolutely. Most NHL players understand that. They they know what comes along with a big hit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was a response that I thought was worthy. Too much in the game right now. It's like any kind of hit, and everybody's got to drop the gloves. Um, but this one was worthy of, a, of a immediate action, which was done by Kershaw. And the continual egging on by Felino, making sure Brandon Smith at least realized, listen, you have to drop the gloves for this one. Yeah. You have to be accountable. Um, and there's players in the league that aren't. There's players in the league that'll do that kind of stuff and never answer the bell. Hey, Corey Perry's one of them. Um, so. Yep. So we got Calgary. Which was just wacky. Absolutely wacky. I did not expect this. I'm glad for it, but I did not expect this. Um, I definitely went in with a little bit of a pit in my stomach thinking, this is it. This has sealed the fate that now everything's a 7-1 to one until April. Um, and that was not the case. That was definitely not the case. My three stars for the first one. You've got Mr. Colin Blackwell once again. Um, Because, you know, even though it's not always about the points, sometimes it just is. Um, Because that was a hell of a game by his part. He was everywhere. He was goal scoring. He was chirping. He was Mr. Speedster. He was everywhere and doing everything right. Um, second one goes to Philip Kurashev. I think he has definitely stepped up in the Calgary and the Edmonton game post Bedard injury. I think he was already playing very well prior to the Bedard injury, but I think he's stepped up even more since that injury, and we love to see it. Third, because you know, the world cannot forget how much I love this kid is Alex Vlasic. And also just because he is he is your number one defenseman right now. Um, on the roster currently, and he's just been so consistent. He hasn't been perfect every game, but I definitely think he's been the most consistent with his performance, and I love to see it. Yeah, it was a it was a great game, a nice you know afternoon game at the United Center. You know, it's where we uh, we showcase a lot of kids and put them on the camera and. Everything's right with the world because kids are cute. 
Hawks are now even starting to figure out they need to put dogs on the cam on the big TV. You know, because they're cute too, and everybody oohs and ahs. What about the game? Someday, someday it'll be about the game. It's not going to be about the game for a while. No, what do you think um, of the great game? Great game by the Blackhawks. <laughs> um, Colin Blackwell again played really well. I'm definitely behind you on the Kurashev. He's an NHL player on a really good team. I am not sure where he slots. Go ahead there. He's an NHL player that deserves more money. <laughs> yes, he will get more money. Um, he is at least somebody that can slide up and down the lineup, has enough skill to play in the top six, and I believe he's showing enough grit to play in the bottom six. So, um, you know, a great game by him. Uh, defensively, they played really well. Uh, again, this was a Soderbloom game. Correct, no. it was a Soderbloom game, right? It was Mrazek. Ah, uh, was Mrazek. Sorry, Soderbloom was the was the Ranger. Was the Devils game? Yes. And Bloom looked really good. So going back to the Je- Devils game, Soderbloom looked really good again in that. So you know, those of you keeping score, that's two good outings for the Bloom, which was uh, definitely needed. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else do we have here? We had Boris Kachuk back. We had Megma or Smegma. He's so bad. Megma. He played in the New Jersey game. He was also on the ice again. About 15 minutes. Um, I believe the Calgary game we went with the seven defensemen. And we were forward short. Um, Isaac Phillips was only five minutes. So I think Isaac is on his way out. They weren't the greatest five minutes. Megma hasn't looked awful. Um, he's just kind of there. Tenority was a pretty good game, but Tenority is very flawed. Um, Vlasic, go ahead there, question girl. Do you know if Isaac Phillips was, of I know. was drafted under the old regime or the new regime? Well, Isaac was, I guarantee, an old regime. Okay. I like to keep tally on how many old regime players suddenly just get the boot. Oh, Vlasic was also underneath the old regime, so. I know, but I just like to keep tally. You know, we're we're banging on Reichel pretty hard. Vlasic or Phillips is getting on his way out. I just like to. It's a it's a petty thing that I keep score. Yeah. Um. I don't know exactly, um, but uh, again, Megma didn't look bad. When everybody comes back, I would assume Isaac goes back down. Tenorti's a tough player, but at times he just looks bloody awful. Murphy's trying his best too, but you know, but they all played pretty. I didn't decent. think, of course, Vlasic led everybody with twenty-five minutes. I didn't think Murphy great. looked good in Calgary. Hot take. I think that was def. I thought he was driving the struggle bus a bit. No, he has been. He's on again, off again. Um, the player that looks good is Zaitsev. Yeah. Right now, he might be your second best defenseman, and well, that's pretty frightening. So, yeah. but a, a great team win. They they came. They made Calgary work for everything, and they brought it to Calgary. Again, Colin Blackwell leading the way, yeah. pulling us into the fight. 
So it was a, it was good for all of them to get a win. I don't think there'll be a ton of them. So good good on them. Yep. And again, Marazic played really well. All right, let's hop to Edmonton real quick um, before we got to wrap okay. up. Three, three stars for me personally. Number one, Philip Kurashev. This is might be one of the best games that I've seen Kurashev play um, this season. I just loved performance overall the entire time that he was on the ice. Um, second, Mrazek. Um, that game, I mean, unfortunately, we did lose to Edmonton. That game, the... The gap in between the goals in terms of numbers, like goal differential, could have been so much worse. Could have been so much worse. You know, the first one he let in, second one was a rough shift change, and McDavid's going to be McDavid. There's nothing really that you can do to stop that. But aside from that, the guy played great. The guy played absolutely great. Um... Third is going to be for Jason Dickinson. I just thought that he had a strong game in general with an honorable mention for Alex Vlaxic because he was still definitely the number one defenseman. And everyone just needs to be reminded about how much I love the kid and how great he is. Yeah, and again, the Hawks played, uh, played safe, smart, brought the fight to them, especially when... Uh, they were attempting to make the blue line. They were very aggressive in coming up on the blue line. Um, the stat that jumps out at you is Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers with 15 shots on goal for the game. That's a team that would probably usually average 15 shots per period. Yeah. Um, uh, just a fantastic defensive game by the Hawks. Again, they're just not talented enough. Which, that's okay. Um, we'll the get there. Them, uh, a very entertaining game. Crowd was into it nicely. Still basically a sellout, I would assume. Yeah. Um, it looked at least close to that. During a snowstorm, also. During a snowstorm, but really wasn't a snowstorm because by the time I got into the city, there was no snow. Mm. So it was a suburban snowstorm. It was a suburban snowstorm. But yeah, overall, um, good game. And we got our uh, Zach Stanford, who was then playing. And Remy And our, we'll keep his bad, we'll keep my nicknames on him, out of this for right now. But uh, I believe, is it Ryan Pitlick? Rem Pitlick. Rem. So his parents watched Rem and Skimpy. And named him after a cartoon character? Is that what you're telling me? Sure. Wow. I don't get the reference, but sure. You've never seen Robin Stimpy? No. Google, you can GTS that stuff. Okay. It's okay. a cartoon, you'll love it. All right. And on... Um, <laughs> Pitlick played 18 minutes. Um, so obviously they have dreams of him. My producer is telling me to wrap it up. So the Hawks came close. They didn't win. Oh, well. It happens. It happens. Um, all right. Just as a reminder, make sure to hit that like, follow, subscribe button on either Spotify, Apple. What? It's a review about this. Even if it's a bad one. I would just like a review. You want a review? All right. Um, on either Spotify, Apple Podcast, or 
YouTube. Um, if you have any questions about the Blackhawks, anything we talked about this week, or just hockey in general, send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or you can email us at thehockeyprincess at gmail.com. We will be back next Thursday with probably some weird stuff to talk about. That is, and we'll see you guys next week.